You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This week, we're talking about co-writers and interviewing authors, Maika and Maritza Mulit. But first... What are you reading, Bria? I just finished a book, which is not a book I would normally read. I'm doing a lot of research right now, so I'm going to talk a little bit about my research book sometimes. But I read this book called The Ghost Map, The Story of London's Most Terrifying Epidemic and How It Changed Science Cities and the Modern World by Stephen Johnson. (laughs) This sounds... It's terribly boring. I realize it is about a cholera outbreak in in London, uh-huh. and it killed so many people so quickly. Because you get cholera, well, first of all, if you get cholera, they're like, here, have more of this water that you've been drinking, which was the thing giving them <laughs> yeah. cholera. Or they're like, don't have any water. That will be the thing that we shouldn't give you, which is the only solution for cholera is clean water. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Um, and tons and tons of people died, and they didn't know why, and there were all these these – scientist type men trying to figure out what was happening. And uh, when they were like, one was like, it's the bad smells. Everyone, yeah, guys, the, the vapors. it smells too bad. The Daddy. miasma. The miasma. Everyone was like, <laughs> it's miasma. It has to be miasma. Classic miasma. Or poor constitution. Like there's like all these theories. Of you course, gotta it pray was, they, harder. Were, they were legitimately drinking poop water. Um, that was actually the situation. <laughs> the tasty poop water we're drinking. That was, uh, that, and it was full of cholera. Um it was, it's a really well-written like his, history book. If anyone is interested in this era, is interested in epidemics, is interested in how people deal with epidemics, um, I really enjoyed it. It's not a normal Bria book, but I think you'll be hearing a lot about those in the next few weeks. Uh, or follow me on Goodreads because you'll see all of the... Oh, are you researching for something? Yeah, I research. I'm doing a bunch of research. So, yeah. What are you reading? Uh, so I am listening to an audiobook called What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Blacker by Damon Young. Mm. And it is this incredible essay memoir in essays about being black in america and it is both it's one of those like incredible books that balances being absolutely fucking hysterical with being like brilliant like the first essay is all about he's making fun of um white white male teenagers he's like why do you need He's like making fun of all these like extreme sports guys who are like, oh yeah, bro, we got this gnarly wave, and he's like, I get that same feeling when I drive around town. Like, <laughs> why do you, why are you inventing these near death scenarios oh, when yeah. you could just be black? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is incredible. It is uh, the audiobook is really really good. It is, um, uh, I, it, it's a new one. I'm pretty sure it's out this year. It's a 2019 book, and I love it. So that's what doesn't kill you makes you blacker by Damon Young, and mine is the Ghost Map by Stephen Johnson. So we're going to take a moment to answer a recommendation request from Kathleen. Do you have any recommendations for LGBTQ plus horror? Nothing that just kills off the one gay character, though, like most films do. Bria, what should Kathleen read? Yeah, I thought about this a lot because I was trying to think of like a cool YA book or something because I I feel like there's like a lot of good YA horror that includes like queer characters right now. Yes. But the one I want to suggest is sort of more creepy than horror, but it kind of falls in this category, which is uh, The Art of Starving by Sam J. Miller. Um, it's about a bullied teen with an eating disorder who thinks he has developed special powers through starvation. So obviously there's a lot of trigger warnings here. Uh, yeah. Be aware. Um, not just for the ones you think. So go look up, I mean, like a lot of death. But you did ask for horror. So, you know, it's, it is. it's very horrific. It's, there's a lot of body horror. It's super creepy. Um, it has a great supernatural, supernatural element. Um, and you're scared for him, but also like the people around him as he starts to like possibly develop this supernatural ability that you aren't sure whether or not it's happening. Oh, wow. That's kind of an unreliable narrator. 
it is a really great book. Um, I really enjoyed it, and it is, and it's really creepy. Huh? Yeah, I'm gonna have to read. That. I haven't read this. Yeah, it's great. It's really good. What What do you suggest for? Uh, my suggestion for this one is actually a comic. It's called Insects by Marguerite Bennett with art by Ariella Cristantina. Uh, and warning, this is a sexy comic, so don't read it around your grandmother. Um, <laughs> unless you guys are like... Unless your grandmother loves sexy comics, yeah. which is very possible. Unless your grandma is wicked cool, I guess. Uh, but it's so good. So it's about this Victorian couple, these two women, and they discover that they have the power to transform themselves into these powerful and terrifying creatures. So these two ladies use this power to fend off some awful folks in Victorian England and make out with each other and it's great. It's really, really fun and it's the uh, art is beautiful. And it's spelled insects with the word sex in it. it yeah, it's I-N-S-E-X-T-S so insects. Insects. Get it? Because there's sex in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ha-ha. So that's Insects by Marguerite Bennett and with art by uh, Ariella Cristantina. Yeah, and mine is The Art of Starving by Sam J. Miller. So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And remember, uh, you get an, a second newsletter thanks to our fun mm-hmm. drive this year where you get recommendations, uh, book recommendations that are paired with snacks for Bria and cocktails for me. Uh, so again, go to the show notes, uh, maximumfun.org and for every episode, and you can uh, sign up for mm-hmm. our newsletter. Uh, also, bookmark it's september and it's a library card sign up month yeah which is also one that would check off a uh one of your reading glasses challenge check checks <laughs> you know yep those things to do your to-do list <laughs> uh yeah september it's back to school it's a great time of the year to get a library card if you've been listening to the show and been interested in checking out your local library you know you can get books for free you can talk to librarians there's, there's so many incredible free things books. yeah uh that you can get with your library card um i was just sent a thing to you the other day about a library in philadelphia i think that uh lends out baking baking pans baking pans which i was like that is super helpful because you often don't have the pan you need but you don't want to buy it just for a random cake that you don't know if you're going to ever make again. So it's a very from the library. Yeah, it's great. Incredible. So go to your local library and sign up for your card. Uh, also, Bria. Second I'm, bookmark. I'm making you do um, this. I had this suggestion for the NaNoWriMo. Uh, so NaNoWriMo, we asked for people who are going to participate in NaNoWriMo. So that's uh, National Novel Writing Month. Uh, and we asked for people to send us their – I send us – that they were doing it because we wanted some people to track. Uh, we have plenty of submissions. You do not have to send any more. We are chock full of submissions. Uh, we we don't need any more. And what we think we're going to do is we will pick a couple of people at random and check in with them throughout the month or once the month once. So you'll hear from us if we're going to ask you to do that. But the other thing we're going to do is we're going to start a Facebook page. Uh, or, uh, uh, we're going to start a thread in the. I, I'm going to start a thread in the Facebook group where everyone can check in, make it a make it make a comment to say what your project is, the quick pitch for it, and then once a week everyone will check in to see where they're how they're doing. I will say, folks, you can we cannot read your writing, we cannot give you notes on things. We've got a lot of people writing in with their stories that they want us to read. We can't do that. There's just this like too many of them. We just can't. We, just, we, can't we be, didn't know the floodgates that would be opened by this, oh, but I, I we did. love that everyone sent us <laughs> I tried stuff. to tell you. I love that people sent it, and I, yeah. I think that this this show really survives on audience participation, so it's like really rad that you guys sent all this stuff. So it, yes. this is cool, and this is a fun way for us to get to know what you're doing, which is rad. Yes, but we're, we're here to be your accountability buddies. We can't be your writing partners. Oh, no, definitely not. But we're excited for National Novel Writing Month, so keep an eye on the Facebook group uh, in the um, in the the thread there and get your pitches ready and get your your keyboards ready. We're excited for National Novel Writing Month. 
All right, folks, we've got a spooky announcement to make. We've chosen our Scary October read for 2019. Thank you all so much for your amazing recommendations, but after reviewing all the comments and tweets and emails, we've decided to read Five Midnights by Anne DeVia Cardinal. It's available on audio, and since it's a 2019 release, it's only in hardcover, but it is a YA book, so the hardcover is about the same price as a regular adult paperback, and it should be available at your local library. We'll be doing another live book club stream during the last week of October to talk about it. Bria and I are very excited for Five Midnights, and hopefully you don't have to stick this one in the freezer. Bria, have you ever heard the phrase, you don't know what you don't know? I have. Which means that you do know about that phrase. I do know about the phrase, but I there are many things I don't know about. Well, you know what is a great way to fill in all those gaps? No, tell me. The Great Courses Plus. Oh, yeah. We love The Great Courses Plus. They, the, so Reading Glasses is sponsored today in part by The Great Courses Plus. And on The Great Courses, there are th- literally thousands of lectures on virtually any topic presented by top professors. You can dive into topics like the history of language, Greek mythology, even stuff like stress management, playing guitar. I need the stress management one. We recommend checking out the brand new course, Great American Short Stories, a guide for writers and readers. We talk about short stories all the time on the show. If you want to read them more comprehensively or even learn how to write them, this is a fantastic course for you. Yeah, uh, the short story is a uniquely American form. It's brief but complex, and they break it down in this awesome course on the history and the substance of the American short story. To expand your mind, you can sign up for The Great Courses Plus right now, and for a limited time only, our listeners can get an entire month for free. Wow, so you can just go take that course for free. Yeah, right now. Bria, think of all the things that you could learn for free. In one month. It's amazing. So if you start start your free month, sign up today using our special URL so they know that we sent you. So that's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash classes. And again, we've made this offer before. If you go and you do a month for free, if you learn anything, send us what you have learned. We want to talk about it on the show. Yes. So that's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash classes. 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 Well, Alexis, we got big news. Uh-oh. Season one, done. It's over. Season two, Coming at you hot. Three years after. <laughs> three right, season three one. Now. Technically right. almost four years. All right. And now, listen, here at Can I Pet Your Dog, the Smash yes. podcast, our seasons run for three and a half years. <laughs> and then at season two, we come at you with new hot co-hosts named you. Hi, I'm Alexis. <laughs> I also am. Uh, field trip. Dog tech. Yeah. Dog news. Dog news. Celebrity guests. Oh, big shots. Will not let them talk about their resume. Nope. Only yeah, the dogs. Only the dogs. I mean, if ever you were going to get into Can I Pet Your Dog, now's the time. Get in here every Tuesday at MaximumFun.org. This week, it's all about co-writing. There are so many great books out there that have been written by multiple authors. How does the process work? We've got author Maika and Maritza Mulit here in the studio to talk about it. First up, what are you both reading? Ooh, I love this question. (laughs) So, hi, this is Maritza. I am currently reading um, Two Dark Reigns by Kendara Blake. Ooh. Um, I'm obsessed with the Three Dark Crown series. Like, I mean... We were we're very excited that our book came out on September third, but I was very excited that my book <laughs> also came out on that day. You're like not even at your own release party. <laughs> yeah, Blake around on her tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I am reading two dark grades and just waiting to 
like start five dark fates oh that's awesome there you go I'm reading I'm Not Dying With You Tonight by, I always mispronounce her last name, by Geely Siegel, or maybe Siegel, um, and Kimberly Jones. And um, they are also co-authors. Yeah. Yes, they're cool. co-authors. And it's also their debut novel. So when we found each other online, we just immediately like... <laughs> that's so cool is there like okay. a co-author like club online where you um, all hang out with each other you do a lot of three-legged races <laughs> <laughs> we have an instagram group chat yeah do you yeah. really yeah, a co-author of group chat oh my god we have to get into this but this is literally we gotta write a book together we yes. gotta yes. Yes. <laughs> we are six uh, we're already around each other a lot i, I don't know if we need to write a book together <laughs> that's what i mean we i mean write that's all the questions we have for y'all i want to hear about like what it's like to be around each other for as long as i'm sure you've been i mean yeah. Well, your whole life, but also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So where did so you your two authors? Where did the idea originate? Were you both hanging out? And you're like, we should write a book together. Was this something that had always sort of been in the works? Yeah. So growing up, our parents were very, very strict Haitian immigrant parents. So they took it a step further, and they did not allow us to watch TV during the weekend, <gasps> the weekdays. It was crazy. It was it was terrible. Everybody was like quoting Bart Simpson. I'm like, yeah, totally. I don't know what you're talking. Oh about. no. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. So, but the way we were. Oh, I lie. We could watch Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, and the news. Like that was it. That was mm. our entertainment. So are you really good <laughs> at like at like I'm quiz questions? Terrible <laughs> at no, Jeopardy. No, I'm great. She's like Jeopardy. Hit me up. Call, yeah. call yeah. me to be on like my bar quiz group or something. <laughs> they ask about the Magna Carta a lot. Oh, yeah. really? A lot. Wow. Twelve fifteen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even know that. <laughs> But um, so, yeah, so our parents were super strict, but they would take us to the library every weekend. And the, we're the two oldest of four women. So the four of us, we'd go to the library and max out. Each person was like 30 books max. So we'd come home with 120 books each weekend. <laughs> this is the coolest <laughs> thing I've ever yeah. heard. Yes. And so we read a whole bunch of books and we loved all of the characters that we came across. But, you know, all, all of them, if not. Yeah, I think all of them at the time, there were no black characters and there were specifically no Haitian American characters. So yeah. we just decided like, oh, what if we wrote the book that we would have wanted to read when we were younger? And then that's kind of how it came to be. That's so cool. Oh, that's awesome. And so you both grew up in Miami. And the so can you tell, tell us about the book first? Yeah. Dear Haiti Lavelaine. Yeah. Okay, so oh man, I usually get me to say the spiel. We try to balance each other off. So I spoke last. She goes, and I'm like, you did it. You made it. Okay, so seventeen year old Elaine Bopala is a Miami native, um, and she ends up getting in trouble after a prank goes terribly wrong at school because she was trying to defend her mother, who was actually back home in Haiti, recovering from her own political fiasco. So instead of getting kicked out of school, her parents are able to set something up where she has to go to Haiti to do a volunteer spring immersion project to kind of atone for her sins. And while she's there, she learns more about a family curse that has always been around. And um, she gets to have a stronger relationship with her mother and learns more about her culture and her family history. That was a great spiel. You Thank should go, you. You should, y'all should definitely switch off. You should. <laughs> yeah, right? Good. Uh, so you both grew up in Miami. So you have some biographical similarities with the main character. How much? Did, how much did you draw on to create Elaine? Where you guys were, remind? Oh, we're, this happened when we were little. Like reminding each other of things that happened. Yeah. Well, Elaine's family is very wealthy, and ours is not. <laughs> so that's first off. Her mom is a high-profile journalist, and her dad is a psychiatrist. And like that was not our upbringing. I would say that we had a closer upbringing to Elaine's best friend Tatiana. She's 
um, she goes to the private school and she's like on a scholarship. Her parents are super religious. So she goes to church like it's her job. Um, so that was more like how we were raised. Wow. Um, but we just wanted to write a story that told a different narrative about Haiti. Like every, so often the story is it's the poorest country in the Western hemisphere, blah, blah, blah. Totally true. There's no denying that. But there's also more to that. So and there are also a lot of like elite people, wealthy and all of that as well. So we wanted to see what would it be like if we had this story from the perspective of someone who was from that elite class and mm-hmm. uh, Elaine, and we kind of did some like um, revisionist history. So she's a descendant of Henri Christophe. He's the first and only King of Haiti. So um, she, those catalyst for the story is that she has to write a report about a Latin, um, uh, the revolution of a Latin American country told through the lens of a prominent family and Elaine being the lovable narcissist that she is. She's like, oh, my family is a part of the, the revolution. Let me Amazing. talk about myself. <laughs> Amazing. So did either of you take big life-changing trips when you were teenagers like Elaine did? Um, I don't know. Well, I don't think it changed my life, but I studied abroad to Paris in my in the spring semester of my freshman year because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't realize, like, oh, you're supposed to do that junior year. Whatever. So I got to college and then, like, a few months later, I was like, bye. So I think I was 19 then. So I went and I was there for a semester and it was really cool and I got to practice my terrible French and, oh, I shaved my head. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. Very dramatic. Life-changing. Yeah. Yeah, You did that, too, when you were... Uh, Yeah, about that age, too. Yeah. Yeah. Something about that age. Something about that age. Also, 19 seems so young to study abroad to me, but I think that means I'm old. Where I'm like, (laughs) oh, for sure. They let you go overseas by yourself? I don't know. It seems so young. I don't know why I was there. (laughs) You know, I think it's great. You're fine. You're fine. I was so scared because there was like, a volcano erupting or an active volcano and I was like oh my god Maritza won't be able to make it back I was like watching the news and Maritza's like I'm fine I'm winning the- we're in the airport just waiting I'm like okay oh no <laughs> wow so what's the writing process like for are you switching off are you each doing different parts like what's yeah. the you so- form a Voltron <laughs> and merge our brain yeah. yeah um so before we even start, we have like a really extensive outline. So it's like 30 pages long and we know exactly what's going to happen, you know, beginning, middle and all that fancy that's stuff. That's how I am. That's my jam. I'm like, <laughs> yes, organization. Yes. it was yeah. not my jam at first. I'm very much a pantser. So I'm like, oh, let uh, the yes. spirit move me and I will write. And but your <laughs> sister's like, no, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, we write y'all this stuff down. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that is not going to work. Uh-huh. I'm, with I'm with you. I write. I'm not. I'm not. Just do it. Get it done. I'm always writing the I I legit like barf on a page yeah. and then I'm like, this nope. is good. Exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. But I, you know, I guess this is a good position because I have now transitioned to becoming more of a plotter uh, because okay, with good. working with Maritza, you know, we've, we've created it. <laughs> no one can see this. We are a, we are an audio, audio medium, but we're talking about the order we're sitting in. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners can't see, but Micah is sitting next to Bria. Yeah, <laughs> next to me. We are forming a glasses union over here. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Um, and I normally wear glasses, but I'm wearing contacts because I was, you know, so okay. I'm in the perfect spot. But <laughs> so we have like a 30 page outline before we get started. And then um, we just kind of have at it. We don't separate it by character. We don't separate it by chapter. We're just like, oh, I'll write these three paragraphs. You write the next three paragraphs. And then um, maybe I have dibs on this scene and you can have dibs on the next. And then we go back and reread what the other person wrote. And when we were going through our editing process, it would even get to the point where, like, I'm reading something and I'm like, 
wow, this line, masterpiece, hilarious. I'm amazing. And Marissa's like, I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's it's actually cool. funny because that was the question I had. So um, <laughs> if you could pick out each other's writing. So my boyfriend is a comic book writer, mm-hmm. but Jeremy Lambert, and he writes Doom Patrol with Gerard Way. Mm-hmm. And I'm at the point now, whenever I, an issue comes out, <laughs> I can... <laughs> I can always tell what's Jeremy's writing and what isn't. I can pick it out. Mm. And there's like a, there's a couple co-writers out there that I can kind of pick out. Like yeah. uh, I'll talk about in a little bit, uh, the book Good Omens by Terry Pratchett. I can always tell which one's good. Like what parts were written by Neil Gaiman, what parts were written by Terry Pratchett. Yeah. I'm wondering if you two each have like a signature or is like there's like something that you like writing better than the other one does. Ooh. I, I think it's hard for us to tell who has written what sometimes. That's so wow. interesting. Yeah, it, but we do have what we like to write most. Yeah, it feels up to me. Our characters would just be sitting in a black box somewhere just talking. <laughs> I, I mean, I like reading world building, but actually doing it, like, I have to write a chair. Is there anything crazy? That's so yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, I like the world building part and just like um, having to dig deeper into the feelings and all of that. Um, so there are definitely times when I'm like, yeah, they have to say words here, Birds, that you handle that part. <laughs> That's so cool, and though. Do you have a history of making sort of art together? Have you always been sort of working on stuff together when you're alone? Oh, I'm shaking my head for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no. You must speak. I don't. <laughs> I mean, we have always been huge readers. Mm-hmm. And like we would, like writing was just kind of part of us. And we would just do it for our own sake uh, separately but then we decided to try doing this together and it worked out and the only other and you haven't killed each other surprisingly Mm -hmm. or actually this might be like a zombie (laughs) (laughs) the only thing that the only other artistic thing we did together was one time we like got easels and paintbrushes with our youngest sister and then we sat down and put on netflix and watched um bob ross and tried oh, to nice. copy him nice. yeah. it is so hard he's like yeah just a little double of white and then there's like 50 different colors on them. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> how did you do that amazing that seems so, like a hobby i would like to take up and just seem like, yeah. like maybe when i get Paint older little trees have more yeah. patience <laughs> i don't know yeah little trees happy little trees right uh, bria so what are your favorite books that were co-written you know it's weird uh we do outline our podcasts and we have an outline and i looked mallory writes the outline and so i looked down (laughs) and you were naming the exact things that i was naming oh because i actually don't know that many co-writers so i'm interested who's first of all in your instagram story (laughs) instagram group but um I the Good Omens was one I thought of, yeah. and then the book I just read. This um, is how you lose the this time is how war. you lose the time war, which mm-hmm. is which is a great um, sci-fi book co-written um, by Amal Elmatar and Max Gladstone. I had to look down to remember their names. <laughs> um, I I think I wonder if there's books that have been co-written that I don't pay attention to because, and I'm sure y'all are aware of this. If you go Google a book mm-hmm. and you look at the side, it only has one writer most of the time. We hate it. Like literally we've been like trying to get Goodreads. You're like, Goodreads, there's co-authors. It's a thing. Please yeah. make enough space. And so do they not have the space? Is that the situation? I don't or, know. No, it's just the way it's, it's a stupid setup. It's, and they're not thinking about how many books are co-written. In the yeah. yeah. Because a lot of times it just has like the first, I don't know. Remember whose name was up for y'all. Cause I yeah. looked y'all up. Mine, yeah. Mine Cause first. it's like whoever's is like alphabetically or yeah. something, yeah. but that must be so frustrating yeah. if you've co-written a book at least you all the same last name so it's like yeah. you know but like if it was yeah. like if it wasn't i would be 
pissed. It's always weird, though, because people will have the physical book with Maika Muli and Maritza Muli, and they'll tag just Maritza or just me. And I'm like, it says Anne. Like, our name is not Maika Muli. I think that's actually really interesting for listeners to pay attention to because it's something that people don't don't think about as much and i think if more people it's like the translated book thing you know people wanting Mm -hmm. to name the translator i think that if more people were aware of it uh goodreads would get their their shit together and tag more like i love reading books written by co uh co-writers because i think it's a great way to find a new author Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially in the ya space there's a lot of uh like i think cassandra claire just had a new book that's co-written and it's like a great way to be like oh i've never heard of this author maybe i'll check them it's like when uh a musician guests on an album and oh like, yes uh-huh. i'll check yeah. that okay. out like yeah yeah, yeah. St- okay. stuff, stuff like that like i never read any i'm a huge neil gaiman fan i had never read any terry pratchett before but after i read good omens i was like oh i'm interested in this now mm-hmm. and with all all of the series that i like that are co-written i will check out stuff that's written by either one of them and i'm mm-hmm. sure if you two ever do something solo fans of dear um dear haiti level lane will be mm-hmm. like oh cool i'm gonna check this out yeah, yeah. It's also like a band when you go start like a solo project. Yeah. 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 You know, you can, it goes both ways with music. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's a good metaphor, but yeah. <laughs> we're not breaking up. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, well, that's, so my next one, do you, have you, have you, did you guys read any books that were co-written to prepare for writing for this? Or are there other like authors that in your, we're very interested in the secret Instagram group. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a secret. It's literally four members. Okay. <laughs> right, four, four. Four, is, four is a good secret though. That's a, four is, at least, is like already sort of a, it's a it's a group. It's a yeah, click. A click. It is. That's a yeah, good word for it. Yes. The two of us and our two younger sisters, like the four of it. us, we like speak our own language. Yeah, we very course. much are like the jelly mamas. You're <laughs> I love so you had four women growing up in the same house. That must have been like really fun for our dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 For dad. <laughs> but also like super fun. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We've made him a total feminist. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm so, like, doing the work. Yes. <laughs> but um so we didn't well something that i want to read because it uh like i like the format of it is illuminae by amy kaufman and jay Kristoff. um it's like these it's i think it's told from the perspective of a boy and a girl who are it's like a space type of story sci-fi and it's a it's an epistolary novel too oh and like it's so snarky and fun and like our book is snarky and fun and it's like an epistolary novel and it's like you know and antics and sue um but we read Where'd You Go, Bernadette um, oh. by Maria Semple. Oh, so I, mean, I love that book. It's yeah. so, <laughs> so good. It's, yeah. Um, and that was like a good example of the mother-daughter relationship we wanted to share. Like a girl realizing that her mom had a life before she was born and continues to have one now. And like there's the secrets. nerve. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like when I was younger, I used to think like the teachers lived under the desk until you got back. Yeah. <laughs> just come right back out. Yeah. down like cyborgs. Yeah. Yeah. that awkward like see your teacher in a grocery store situation oh. where you're like, your life yes. outside yes. of... It's like, why, why are you here? The guy yeah. who goes, we actually go to the same gym. So yeah, our lives are already too entwined. Uh, and I saw one of the guys from our gym outside of the gym the other day oh, and it was... <laughs> I literally didn't recognize him. It was a weird... everyone looks gross at the gym. <laughs> it was weird. It was so weird. I saw my therapist at uh, Chipotle once. Oh, my gosh. Chipotle. And I, and I was like, hi, hi Chris. Triggering. Oh, now you know that I like a veggie bowl with uh, <laughs> yeah. no beans. Um, uh, are you looking forward to the movie, the Where'd You Go, Bernadette movie? Did it already come out? Yeah, it came yeah. out. I, I have to oh, watch it. I already yes. flinch it, right? Yeah, yes. I, I didn't see it. Ooh, okay. This is not related, but <laughs> we're ready. time we're in undergrad. I saw my therapist at like this school function thing that I went to and he was like performing like he 
He went on stage uh, and then he like sang an opera thing. What? And I was like, this is so weird. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> like before he came out, he like kind of waved awkwardly at me. I'm like, I don't know. Actually, me and my therapist had a talk about that the other day because we live in the same neighborhood. Because he, oh. he lives in my neighborhood. Yeah, that's awkward. And um, I'm trying not to say it because I don't want. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. Already get, I already get recognized in public now. <laughs> um, but he was like, okay, I have a rule. You know, you can come up to me, but I can't come up to you. Oh, okay. Fair. But I'm so friendly that I'm like, hi, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so now we, we, have a, we have a boundary set. Yes. As you do with therapists. Right. Uh, so, so are there any other co-written books you, you, you folks love or... Or books you read, like in uh, when you were doing research or thinking about writing this book, books that inspired you? Yeah, I mean, what, I didn't. What, I didn't even think to write. Um, excuse me, to look up other books by co-authors. We just kind of were kind of like, oh, let's just write this together. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was funny because like when we were looking up books to uh, kind of pull from, there was one book I can't remember what it's called right now, of course. But um, growing up, we thought it was about a Haitian American girl. We're like, oh, Ola yes. Shakes it up. Ola shakes it up. We're like, this is about a Haitian American girl. Like, we are so going to read this, et cetera, et cetera. We go online, we're like reading the synopsis, and I'm like, she is a minor character. <laughs> <laughs> but in our minds, we had blown her up. Oh, we thought wow. the story was completely about her. So it just showed like how hungry we were to have like a story mm-hmm. with a Haitian American. Mm-hmm. Um, and how much you read, related to her. So you made the story so much bigger. Oh, that totally her. makes sense to yeah, me, actually. Yeah. But yeah. we read. Um, American Street by E.B. Zaboy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, Edward Dunsey Cat is like a prolific Haitian author. She blurbed our books and we were so excited. Congratulations. Literally it's not the best feeling. <laughs> I met her in real life and I was like going over to like introduce myself and she's like, hi, I just finished your book. I really liked it. How did you and your sister write it? It sounds like one person. And I was like sweating. Like, my, <laughs> my head was dripping. My friend was like patting me off. I have no hair for the people who are, you know, listening on a podcast. So I'm bald. And I was literally just like, dripping. Oh <laughs> Here's a question. Do you two have the same taste in books? Not really. I mean, kind of, but like I fall more on the like contemporary humans and make us more like fantasy yes. and, uh, yeah. she'll yeah. find all the fantasy books that she's not going to read and then tell me to read them oh, and wow. I'm like oh this was really good I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. that's a good, that's a good I kind of do that with sci-fi with Brian. yeah yeah if something's too sci-fi Mallory hands it off to me and she's like, it's, too, it's like too intense for her. too sci-fi yes uh, so you can send your thoughts on uh, co-written books to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com and before we solve a bookish problem we're going to take a quick break Reading Glasses is brought to you in part by Arm & Hammer Cloud Control Cat Litter. Bria, you know what I love? Reading. Yeah. Books? What? Yes. Libraries? Yes. But what else? Cats. Sailor and Lula. <laughs> and I know you, well, you have a very complicated relationship with Malachi. I, I do, but I do love him. Even when he's plotting your, mar- your yeah. murder. Yeah, definitely. I still love him, even though he would prefer I wasn't around. <laughs> Buried somewhere in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I don't love about Sailor and Lula? What is that? Cleaning up their disgusting litter box. Ugh, that is my least favorite. I actually say that is worse than the cat plotting my murder. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. So that's why Arm & Hammer created the new Cloud Control Litter. There's no cloud of nasties here. It's 100% dust-free, free of heavy perfumes, and helps reduce airborne dander from scooping. So what happens in the litter box stays in the litter box. It's like Vegas. Just like Las Vegas. Las Vegas. So if Viva you use... Las Litter Box. <laughs> <laughs> if you use Arm & Hammer Cloud Control Cat Litter... Your litter box will be turned into Las Vegas. True. Mm-hmm. Sure. It'll be incredible. Your cat might get a gambling problem, but that's not on us. Guys. Yeah, that's not on us. We won't even take responsibility for that. You're like, my, my 
credit card has been taken and <laughs> 500 cans of tuna have been charged to it. I don't know what's going on here. But at least while all that's happening, your, your house won't smell. Yep. So there's new cloud control cat litter by Arm & Hammer. More power to you. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my friend's favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. I'm Judge John Hodgman. You're hearing the voices of real litigants, real people who have submitted disputes to my internet court at the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I hear their cases. I ask them questions. They're good ones. And then I tell them who's right and who's wrong. Thanks to Judge John Hodgman's ruling, my dad has been forced to retire one of the worst dad jokes of all time. Instead of cutting his own hair with a flobie, my husband has his hair cut professionally. I have to join a community theater group. And my wife has stopped bringing home wild animals. It's the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Find it every Wednesday at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Thanks, Judge John Hodgman. Now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Beckett writes in, My problem is I still can't find time and energy to read, even though my brain so desperately wants to. And it's because I'm a grad student with a full-time internship. I've been a full-time student for going on six years now, and the number of new books I've read since I graduated high school is probably in the low 20s, which is a far cry from the dozens per school year I maintained in high school and before. I just get so tired at my internship, and by the time I am done with homework and life responsibilities, all I have the energy to do is rewatch Parks and Rec... <laughs> Or leverage for the eighth time in the bath. I have time to read now on my metro commute and at the very end of the day, but I never have the brain power, which is why podcasts have taken over as my need mental stimulation unrelated to work and school activity. It's just frustrating because my to read pile is huge and getting longer. Oh, wait, before we answer this question, how's leverage? Is that a good show? <laughs> <laughs> I love Parks and Rec. So right. I feel like if they, if this person loves that's Parks funny. and Rec and also loves leverage, yeah. maybe that's a show I should be spending my <laughs> yeah. time just hang out with Bria. <laughs> watching. Uh, okay. None of us have seen leverage. Right. I haven't seen no. Great, great. All right. Sorry. Google. All right. Uh, Maika, what, are, what do you think? What should Beckett do? Um, I think that you should listen to audiobooks. Yeah, you know, I mean, so for us, like what we've been struggling with is like I work a full time job. So when I get home after work, my brain is like, oh, done. Thank you so much. This was great. I'm checked out. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we're on deadline now. So that's not an option. So what I end up doing a lot is like we'll write on the weekends, like, for, 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 voraciously like just crazily mm -hmm. we're like mm -hmm. writing 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 getting as much done as we can on the weekend and then um like after work like i i might make the outline of what it is that i'm going to write but in terms of reading i think listening to um, an audiobook would really help because at that point you're you're still getting the story but it's just like those podcasts that you're listening to you know you're like swapping it out mm -hmm. so, yeah mm -hmm. yeah a little <laughs> less brain power marissa what do you think so I just like to acknowledge that my favorite show is Frasier. So <laughs> I always wanted to like be on a really radio show and answer by so, <laughs> Wow. You were a Frasier moment. Don't blow it. Don't blow it. <laughs> this is your, this is, we've been, you've been training for this your whole life. Thanks for your call. <laughs> it's a call. She's leaning um, in. So you have to remember why 
you love books. It's not just the act of reading the books. It's not the number of books that you read. It's it's the love of story that keeps you coming back to stories. And it doesn't matter how you consume these stories. It could be audiobook. It could be you reading a couple of pages every night. Don't consider it a job. It's not. It's a pleasure. Mm-hmm. And that's what you should focus on. Thanks for your call. Wow. All right. We're going to call her Marazier. I feel like if this book thing doesn't work out, I think you have found it. I, mean, yeah, I think yeah. answering and podcast any, questions. If it happens to reading glasses, we're calling it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I'm not following I'm so that up. Excited. I'm I'll, not I'll, following that up. I'll take it. Too perfect. <laughs> Um, no, I, I definitely agree with you. I think what Beckett is doing right now is thinking of reading as another job to do, okay. like another thing mm-hmm. to check off on the to-do mm-hmm. list, like just another fucking thing to do. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think you need to start looking at reading as something fun. I think what Beckett should do is take his whole TBR pile and reshelve it. Yeah. Just oh. get rid of it. Because yeah. mm-hmm. right now it's just getting bigger and it's looking like a to-do list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think you should just pick up a, a random book that looks fun mm-hmm. and easy to read and bring it in the tub with you instead of an episode of Parks and Rec or maybe an audiobook. Um, like Maika said, if you're worried about getting your book wet <laughs> or your e-reader, uh, like find a fun and easy fun and easy audiobook to take on your commute or replace a podcast with. Uh, you could download Libby, which is your your library app so you can get free access to audiobooks you'll have them right on your phone i think the key here is to get rid of all that book kill and let yourself have fun with reading again stop set it take away your goal doesn't even matter if you read one book this year just pick something short and easy and Mm -hmm. fun even if you just do a few pages a night and get back into like oh yeah i love reading instead of like oh god i have to read yeah Yeah, it's interesting we have these really goal-oriented listeners so it's good that you say that because we're always like it's just reading is reading it's okay because we everyone is always like i'm not going to reach my reader goal i'm not going this is like a common the tbr thing is like everybody wants to be like i'm on book 30 of 75 yeah yeah exactly and it's like you're you're never gonna get through a tbr list just like no you're gonna die with it (laughs) (laughs) like you have to just be happy with what you're reading and if you don't like what you're reading you need to move on very quickly my suggestion is also comic books because i think they incorporate that visual medium and it's less reading so if you're tired i do it when i'm working a ton i read way more comic books so like i can go home at night and it's like Ooh, I've been working a lot, but I know I can like fall asleep reading a comic book or something yeah. because it's like there's just there's less words. Yeah, I know yeah, it's like yeah, such a simple no. thing. And fun, like beautiful pictures, beautiful yeah. pictures. Yeah, so yeah. it is like the equivalent of Parks and Rec or something because you're watching kind of something unfold mm-hmm. visually, but also like you get to read, totally. which is nice. So it kind of like your brain feels stimul- a little bit more stimulated, I think, than with television. Yeah, yeah I've been going through that this year because I normally read a ton, and this year my reading has been like halved yeah. because I was on book tour for four mm-hmm. months mm-hmm. and i was just it and i moved and it just like completely derailed my life yep. so now whenever i go in my book tracking journal i'm like oh my god only this many books what the hell mm-hmm. but what's helped me with that is now i'm like whenever i'm reading i'm like oh i don't like this oh well i'm uh, i only have so many books i'm gonna get through right. this, this yeah. year screw it like i'm only gonna read the stuff i really want to read yeah. and it's actually made my reading life a little better if i've gotten off that like i need to read 200 books yeah. this year mm-hmm. like i think it looking at reading as a job unless you have like okay cool i have this good good goal where i want to i want to read more translated books or mm-hmm. i want to read like like some kind of like positive thing yeah. but if you're just like i just want to read a ton like why what yeah. do you what's the point of that yeah. mm-hmm. like you're not yeah, if you feel like it's a job it's not it's, you're not going to hand in those book points at the end of the year and get it to you like, <laughs> you just, you're reading because you want to read yeah. yes. it's fun you check so. them in and people just pay you in gold right. <laughs> like here's well, your gold you remember pieces. when i was a kid in my uh elementary school if you read a certain amount of pages you would get a, a point 
for a leaf on the tree that you would like staple. Oh, and yeah. when you got a bunch of leaves, you got a coupon for pizza. Oh, wow. Yeah. So unless, Beckett, you're getting free pizza out of this. <laughs> this is a horrible, horrible lesson. <laughs> Everything we said if you get free pizza out of this. Yeah. <laughs> Ignore free us. Free pizza is always the exception. Yeah, yeah that's the... That's if, the if we're getting free pizza, then never mind. I need to go yeah. back to reading. <laughs> we take away everything we <laughs> So if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And where can we both find you online? Yeah, speaking or, of book or, tour, you're, you're, are you, y'all are doing stuff right now. Yes, yeah. we're in nine different cities. This yeah. was our last one. I, oh my gosh. I cried on the second day. I was so tired. I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have some tips for you when we're done recording. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes, but it, it's been awesome though. I, you meet so many people. We're meeting a lot of kids. We had one school where we were we were presenting to 300 eighth graders. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. So you ask one question and they all answer at the same time. And you're like, if you can hear me, clap once, please. <laughs> Incredible. It's a nightmare. Also, eighth graders are so scary. Oh, yeah. to me, they're like, it. that's like, yes. I'm, I don't even know what to do with yes. children. And they're age. all taller than us. Oh, yeah. yeah. We were like, hi, okay. Yeah, yeah. We respect people, our authority. <laughs> the only people that scare me more than eighth graders are seventh graders. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. But, yeah. yeah. For yeah. sure. For yeah. sure. Oh, but finding us online. Oh, okay. So you can find me at Maritza Mulit. I guess, yeah, you can find me at at Maritza <laughs> on Twitter or Instagram. Yep. And then our author Facebook page is Maika and Maritza, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And then on uh, Instagram and Twitter, I'm Maika Mulit. Good luck spelling that. But it'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah. be in the show it's notes. Yeah, so write it down for people. Yeah. And the book is available everywhere right now, right? Yes, everywhere books are sold. Yay! Great. Go buy the book. So exciting. So, so as always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember that if you want to look sexy and help us feed our cats, you can buy reading glasses, tote bags, and shirts and bookmarks from the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show and don't want to spend any money, you can rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us and helps us reach more readers, makes us feel good about ourselves. There's no losing here. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast and you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag Reading Glasses Podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for reading. reading and thanks to both of you for joining us. Thank, Thank you. you. This was fun. Maximumfun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.